The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast, because Joey Janelle always goes in. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick-butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bang. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. <coughs> and welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com. Forward slash Steven Larson in available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and a little notify bell next to it to make sure you always get your new going in raw notifications. I'll have to see if I can chop that cough out of the audio version of the podcast. Nobody wants to hear people cough right in front of their right in their ears. No. That's horrible. Sorry about that. Anyways, hopefully this will be the last week that you hear it from me, anyways. Uh, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. We got some new patrons over the last couple days. I read off their names on the NXT episode, but there might be some people who don't watch NXT and they just watch AEW and they watch this podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and read those names off again because you never know. Maybe Doc Hensla is more of an AEW guy than an NXT guy. Actually, it's not true. He asked some questions about NXT earlier. Uh, but yeah, Doc Hensla is a new patron. We also have uh, Emo Boy, Shane Hefke, Joe Ivory, David Prock, uh, Marco Delgado, and Phil. Thank you all. Welcome, and thank you for your support. We've thank got a bunch much. of great content uh, that's exclusive to patrons and YouTube channel members. We have a new one of them, Jason Jimerson, as well. Yep. Um, so thank you for, for the support. Yesterday, we kicked off uh, the fallout from Interdimension Tension 2. Uh, we book Raw, Fun Wrestling, and WCW now all uh, in the same universe. All under one umbrella. It's a big mashup, uh, and you you learn the out. You learn the the what happened to Mecha Santa. Correct. Uh, and possibly, you'd think, also top-notch. One would hope. Uh, we had like a dream match. Yeah, it's all good stuff. So that's now exclusive to patrons and uh, and channel members. So Correct. Thanks for your support. Yes, thank you very much, everybody. Doing that. Uh, uh, nothing else really of note. I don't think so. Nothing going on this weekend. Um, oh, so that's good. I've got my kid's birthday party. Yeah, we'll see if I'll be able to make that. Uh yeah, well you know don't be drink don't don't be bringing your plague to my kid's birthday party please. Oh, you're already carrying it, so I'm done with that, man. It's done. It's yeah, out of my system. It's, 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 apparently, it went out of your system and straight to me. But <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, you got to figure out what's gonna happen, man. I mean, that's just it's a natural course yeah. of how. Uh, uh, you see here, people on the show. Chemistry me, works. Me uh, uh, slowly descending until utter utter illness. Well, this is the last podcast we have to do till tomorrow night, so that's good. I know. We still have two other things to shoot after. Yeah, but they're short, so it's not a big deal, these podcasts. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, AEW uh, happened last night. Uh, I thought it was a fun enough show. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, a couple things in there I probably had some issues with. but Oh, really? Uh, by and large, I thought the, I mean, the main thing I thought, the lashes bit, I thought was great. 
I thought it was so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody, Cody knows better than most. And it's funny because I kind of think that he's a little bit, I'm not going to say selfish, but he really does write himself the best stories. Yeah, he does. Uh, he is he is the A player on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this stuff with MJF and himself, and MJF did a terrific, everybody involved did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um, I, felt, I felt really bad for Cody after that one shot from Wardlow because Wardlow got a running start, uh, didn't pull his shot at all, and that one actually made me wince. And there was a great... Uh, that was the roughest one, as far as I was concerned. The, the last one made me wins. The one no, that was on the dream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were all really bad, though. And Cody sold it great, the emotion of it all, um, and obviously how much it probably actually did hurt because yeah. you obviously see pictures today, and they went for full effect. Yeah, his back's all jacked up. It is all all sorts of messed up. So, uh, so yeah, that's all good stuff. Uh, and then let's see here what else happened. I thought the uh, the Hangman Young Buck stuff was pretty funny. That was great. Um, let's see here. Uh, what what were your issues? Uh, uh oh, the the Britt Baker match I thought was not great. It was all. it was too short to really make much of an impression. No, my impression was pretty. It was really short. It was it was a short match. It wasn't that short. But it well, was I, just it, not... I, I, when I started watching AEW, I started late in like quarter to six. And it was, about, it was that spot where Yuka does the, the leap off the rope. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's probably like, I don't know, five minutes of match before that. There's about two. Yeah. And the match finished up pretty quickly after that. Yeah. It was really short. Yeah, maybe you're right. But I don't know. It just, even in that short period of time, it just seemed slow and awkward. Um, and then they had Britt lose. Yeah. Eh, not into that. Uh, and then my only other thing really was, uh, I don't know, we'll get to it when we get there. All right, fair enough. Uh, I actually like this beginning stuff, uh, Moxley versus Ortiz. Yeah, that was all really good. Uh, I thought it was good stuff. Jericho and Con- Jericho and Sammy Guevara. J- Sammy Guevara is fantastic. He didn't really talk too much on commentary, but uh, I really like Sammy He was Guevara. really sucking up till Jericho, though. Yeah, yeah. And Jericho, oh, I'll, Jericho's I'll always down. good on commentary. Yeah, I'll write that down, Jay. I'll write that down, Chris. Yeah. That's what he kept saying. That's really good stuff. Yeah, I'll write that down. Anyway, so the show kicked off with a, a recap of everything that happened last week in case you forgot or didn't watch. Uh, first match, first in arena action. Sorry, I had a belch. Um, it was uh, Mox versus Ortiz. As we mentioned, Jericho and Sammy are on commentary. Uh, early on, Moxley's got the upper hand, uh, and then uh, Ortiz uh, distracts the ref while Santana grabs Mox's ankle. Ortiz hits the insecurity, and those splashes where he like just has his hands down by his side. I don't even call that. Uh, gets two count, and then uh, Ortiz tosses Mox face first into the ring steps, the side of his bad eye. Mm-hmm. His eye pretty much went right to his ring steps. Yeah, of course when you got an eye patch, that's a huge huge target for your opponent to take advantage of. That's exactly what Ortiz started to do: start working over his eye. Eventually, though, Mox hits the leg sweep, figure four. Uh, Ortiz breaks it up with what? Shot to the eye. Mm-hmm. Work in the eye. Smart strategy. Anyways, eventually, Mox sends Ortiz out of the ring. Suicide dive on Santana, and then he tosses uh, Ortiz over the barricade. They're back in the ring. They're trading strikes. Mox with the strike. Tiger claws from uh, Ortiz, scratching him. 
and then uh, Ortiz backdrops Mox out of the ring. And that uh, the his lower back, his lumbar region hit the corner of that apron. That looked ugly. Tough. Yeah, that looked, that looked not good. Ridge. And then Ortiz, Ortiz has a pretty good suicide dive. He does the he does the jump and does the flip in the air. Oh, that's yeah, that's like that was rough and it was cool. Yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you know what's funny though? I I wonder if I don't know. I mean, they're not, I'm not a wrestler. I can't say. I just get the feeling that's actually probably safer. So many people, whenever a suicide dive goes wrong, it's their feet get caught on the ropes and they just like that. With him, because you're like just putting your turn yourself into a cannonball. Well, I mean, I wonder if that's safer. You have to get through the ropes first before you do the cannonball bit. Because you try to do the cannonball before you get through the ropes and you can get stuck on the ropes. He jumps through. Phoenix does this. He goes through the ropes and then does. The and then spin. he does the flip. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. does it in midair. Same yeah. with Ortiz. Same okay. with Darby Allen. No, well, whatever. Um, but in terms of that, you know, so long as you make the full rotation, even if your feet get caught in the ropes, uh, you land your back instead of your head, hopefully, on the suicide dive. Yeah. Uh, same. He puts Mox back in top rope splash from Ortiz. That gets him a two. Then he hits perfect plex. Another two count. Uh, Ortiz uh, jumps off the top rope. Mox kicks him. Tries for paradigm shift. Ortiz escapes that. Uh, Ortiz, though, eats the clothesline. Then Santana gets up on the apron. Uh, Mox sends Ortiz into him, follows with paradigm shift for the win. As soon as the bell rings, Santana's in there attacking Mox. Uh, he t- eats a paradigm shift, too, the whole time. Jericho's like, no! Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, no! Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So then uh, Mox pulls out. He's been wrestling this whole match with uh, keys in his pocket, which is probably uncomfortable if you landed on it. It's not a good sensation. So he pulls out the keys of the car that Jericho gave him, the Ford GTO... It's like three quarters of a million dollar car, allegedly. And so he gets Santana, and this is when Jericho's all, oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Guys, get in there. So he yeah. tells Hager and Sammy to run down the ring Hager, because they were with Hager, him. you know, that dude might, might be whatever, but he is really good at his job. Like, the expressions that he makes, they're always so reflective of Jericho's inner monologue. Yeah. You know what I mean? He does a really good job of conveying whatever emotion Jericho has you can see it all over Hager behind mm-hmm. him. It's really mm-hmm. great. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. And so he holds uh, Santana by the head, and, then head sorry, and stabs him in the eye with the car key. And right as the inner circle hit the ring, Mox is out of there. He, he runs up to the crowd. Trainer's in to uh, check on Santana. Yeah. And later on, he has a great promo where he's bleeding from his eye. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. It was almost like it was like, it was like borderline guilt trip stuff. He was like, Mox, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah. But now you've unleashed a side of me that has never been tapped before. <coughs> yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, after that, we had Best Friends versus SCU. Um, I, really, I mean, I don't know. A lot of my qualms are just who's winning these matches. Like, Best Friends, I just, you know from the second they come out that they're not going to win this damn match. Yeah. Can they get a win? They're like, they're so, like, Orange Cassidy is so over. And I actually, I know there's been, I have seen some complaints online about or frustrations about how the fact that Orange Cassidy never really actually wrestles. I actually don't have a problem with that because he's, I kind of feel like less is more with him, Mm -hmm. that people are just going to, they really, really want it. And if you just give the people a little bit, they'll just keep on really, really wanting it, and that makes it work. So when he actually does have a match, it's going to be a huge thing, a real Uh, match. Um, I get that, but this is a situation where... Uh, and I know SCUs, they got like, like they do contractually obligated rematches in, in uh, AEW apparently because SCU, they got the rematch next week. Um, and I guess they just want to keep them looking strong going in that title match. Well, yeah, no, I get that. I mean, that's obvious, but like, I don't know, do it against somebody else. I just, it's not even, I, I like the best friends a lot. It's just, I feel like they're one of your bigger acts. Maybe let them get some wins. Same can be said for Lucha Brothers. Um, 
I was shocked that they were on TV this week. Who? The Lucha Brothers. Yeah. Where have they been? Not on TV, but they were on TV this week. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, this match is decent back and forth start, and then there's a spell where there's just a bunch of carnage ringside. So uh, let's see if I can do it right. Sk- uh, Sky, Scorpio Sky, s- tosses Trent. I'm sure the- it wasn't too cold, Scorpio. <laughs> well. That's what I, Jay, that I what know. <laughs> I know. They, uh, oh, man. He, he'll on occasion make a joke about not knowing people's names. Yeah, I know. So Scorpio Sky sends Trent to the barricade. Bar- uh, Trent just bounces right off. Hits a spear on Scorpio Sky. Kazarian takes out Trent with a German suplex. And then Chuck jumps off the apron and does some sort of neck breaker type thing. Looks like he just kind of landed on a, a, a Kazarian's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody's selling. And then Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, comes in and just like lays down next to him. Yeah, it was funny kicks stuff. His, kicks his legs up. Yeah. And he puts, puts his, his hands, hands behind, behind his head. head. Yeah, that was good stuff. Goes, go to commercial, come back. Uh, Kazarian's hitting a backstabber on Trent. Scorpio Sky's in. SCU hits assisted DDT, gets a two count. Uh, one of the things, the storylines for Trent here is that he hurt his neck on mm-hmm. the German suplex ringside, so he gets sent in the turnbuckles once, really selling it. He's about to get sent again. Chuck pulls a James Drake, lays on top of the top turnbuckle to absorb the, the impact Trent on that. Trent did a really good selling that job selling that neck, too, because mm-hmm. for, for like a moment I was like, oh, God, did he actually bust himself? Yeah. So as soon as they start running around, you're like, no, nah, you're fine. Exactly. So that allows best friends to make a comeback. They get their hug in. They go for strong zero. They're finished. Uh, Scorpio Sky pulls Chuck off the top rope. And then Sky kicks Trent into a uh, uh, code red from Kazarian for the win. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Dark Order hit the ring. Uh, beat down best friends and SCU. So they clear the ring. They're doing a pose. Orange Cassidy rolls into the ring. Uno is like, hey, you want a mask? Mm-hmm. And Orange Cassidy reaches out for it. Puts his hands up right into his pockets. Yep. And then Dark Order attack him. Christopher Daniels runs down to make the save. And Dark Order's like, we want you. Mm-hmm. We're not going to lay our hands on you. And Excalibur was like, we still don't know who the exalted one is. It's true. We don't. It's probably Christopher Daniels. That could be a red herring, though, because people expect it to be Christopher Daniels because of the whole uh, higher power thing. Could be. If they uh, reference it that directly on being the elite, where they, he has a, a creeper mask in his bag. Yeah. That's a little too on the nose. For Wait, action. is that, did that happen? You're the one that told me that. Wait, what's that? That the and being the elite, that there was a bit where Christopher Daniels had a creeper mask in his bag. When did I tell you that? Tuesday. Everybody saw in the chat mentioned it. No, I don't think it was me. All right. Uh, after that, we had an MJF promo uh, where he was. Uh, he basically said he didn't think Cody can handle ten lashes. Um, so that was teased for the main event. Yes. Uh, and then we got Taz being interviewed. About Cody taking the ten lashes as well. Yeah, so we had two of these: one with Taz, one with Dustin. Where it was yeah, like, Dustin's pretty much. I think MJF uh, underestimates how tough Cody is. Yeah, that's my baby brother. And Taz more like uh, Cody. Cody can handle it. It's gonna yeah. suck, but Cody can handle it. He's yeah. tough. Uh, Britt Baker versus Yuka Sakazaki was next. Short. I was kind of surprised when Britt lost too, but maybe they're pulling this thing where someone turns heel and uh, for some reason they just start losing. Seen it before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, that's it's still it's interesting to me. They haven't like made any big fixes or changes. The one the the one thing that I was going to mention that's actually in the title, so we probably should have mentioned it already, yeah. is that the Nightmare Collective seems to be over. So apparently, so uh, done with. Not not popular. <laughs> uh, 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 on Dark, 
last week, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Luther and Mel turned on Awesome Kong. Apparently, yes. Awesome Kong has to go shoot the next season of Glow. Correct. And then uh, Meltzer, the way he phrased it on his radio show, or on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, the way he phrased it sounded like he was guessing at this, but you would think he would know for sure because he can text them at the, at a moment's notice. Maybe there's some things that he could just figure he can put some, you know, yeah, together yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, he may know, yes. Um, or he doesn't want to overstep some bounds, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, given that we saw Brandy at the end of the night in, like, mm-hmm. normal clothes, all mm-hmm. those v- vignettes with the therapist, mm-hmm. maybe getting her head straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, Awesome Kong being uh, uh, written off to go film some stuff. Uh, it looks like the Nightmare Collective stuff, which for a spell, for a moment, was a pretty big deal. Yeah, well, um, they were trying to make it a huge thing. They were trying to make it a big thing, but nobody was really biting on it. Uh, uh, that that's been that's done. That's been dropped. Um, I, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, they are, uh, are realizing that it's not working and doing something about it. They're not afraid to just rather yeah. than push through. I mean, they did the same with the Dark Order. Granted, they didn't just pull the plug on it. They made some changes, and it really is a shame they didn't approach the Dark Order storyline like this from the beginning with the vignettes. Uh, in advance of them actually debuting, imagine uh, that match what was it best friends versus. I don't remember who they were facing. A double or nothing, but afterwards, Dark Order came out. Grayson and Evil Uno came out and attacked them. Mm-hmm. Imagine after that match, though, instead it was one of these vignettes. Yeah, and they started running them for weeks and weeks and weeks. Once the TV showed up, and then they come out. I just think with the Dark Order, yeah, I agree with you. I think the vignettes, uh, the first thing, the vignettes. If if they had to start really small and under the radar and built to it. It's just they wanted to main event them immediately. Yeah, no. That was the big problem, uh, is that it was it was just way too much too soon if you had this build. And I'm not even sure, I mean, given how they are kind of still goofy, I'm not sure if people would have been all that sold on them, even if they did it backwards. I don't know. Uh, but I think the fact that they tried to, like, they put them in this huge, you know, basically taking out main eventers, mm-hmm. that probably, you know, if they kept it relegated to the mid card, it probably would have gone over a bit more because it wouldn't be, you know, shoved down our throats for like the main thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, anyways, back to this Britt Baker Yuka Sakazaki match. It wasn't the best. It was short, though. Surprised I me. Mean, I was surprised. I, I said it plenty already that how short it was. Uh, so early on, Britt's dropping Yuka some strikes, hits a kick in the corner, gets a two count. And Yuka hits the seated Sunton off the top rope. Uh, Britt rolls out of the ring. Uh, and then Yuka follows with, up with like a thing where she walks essentially on the top rope and jumps off. Oops. Uh, back in the ring, trades some elbows. Britt hits a super kick, swinging neckbreaker gets a two. She goes immediately for lockjaw. Uh, Yuka escapes that and then pins Britt with a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after the match ends, Britt runs down. She grabs the ring bell, uh, clubs Yuka in the back with it. It's about to go for another shot, and Aubrey Edwards takes the bell from her. Mm-hmm. And then Britt puts... Uh, like shoves Yuka's head so her her mouth is around the bottom rope. She mm-hmm. has the bottom rope in her mouth and then stomps on the back of her head. And then Yuka's got blood coming from her mouth and she's like, what is this? This is a great visual. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought the angle at the end of the match was pretty solid. Yeah, I thought that was good. That um, was good. Just the match itself wasn't great. Um, and then so she spits out a hunk of tooth and then she's bleeding from the mouth and then Britt gets her and puts, puts her in lockjaw. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good stuff. I thought the use of tooth was effective. So I guess maybe the idea is Britt loses when she thinks she's hot stuff and now is going to unleash a more brutal side of her. Yeah. From a storyline perspective, I guess that would probably be the the conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, After that, we had uh, the Butcher, the Blade, 
and the Lucha Bros uh, versus the Elite. We all knew how this was going to go down, uh, or we knew what was going to happen here. Um, we knew the end point. We just didn't know exactly how we were going to get there. Yeah, and uh, they went really early. They, they started really early with the stuff, and I thought a little too much with it, um, with Hangman eye-rolling everything about the Young Bucks and how close Kenny is with them. Uh, like at one point, you know, he, he Hangman was the first one in, right? I think he was the first, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the elite. And so everybody goes to get a tag, and he tags Kenny, of course. And he sees Matt, and he's like, "Okay, cool, that's good, that's good." And uh, and of course, Hangman the entire time is like basically as far away from the elite he's that he can be closer closer to his opponents. Yeah, his exactly. Team. Unless Kenny's in the vicinity, then he'll get the tag from him. Yeah, um, and even just during the en- entrances. Uh, Page is out first. He just walks down the ring. Mm-hmm. All Kenny and the Young Bucks pose yeah. on, the, on the on the stage. Yeah, and uh, you're just looking at Kenny. I'm just looking at Kenny. I'm like, you oblivious bastard! Come on, man. He's your partner. But he's trying to play peacekeeper. I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily oblivious. He's just trying to. He thinks he can be the one that can. <laughs> that's oblivious, dude. If he's like sitting up there doing wounds. stupid ass poses while his literal tag team champion partner is in he's the ring, got to be a showman. He's oblivious. People, one of the things people come to see is him doing the pose thing. That's a good point. That's so good he's point. giving the fans what they want. People are paying their money. Exactly. There you go. So it was I, a really fun match. It though. was great. There was a yeah. lot going on. There was a lot going on. Um, in fact, there was like way too much to keep track of. So, yeah, we don't need to go over all this. Uh, so early on, the Elite have Blade isolated. And the Young Bucks and Kenny especially are working together. And this one, uh, Paige is kind of eye-rolling, walking down the apron. Yeah. yeah. He only really seems to get engaged uh, if he's on the verge of getting a tag from Kenny. Uh, so, yeah, there's like a long stretch where Kenny and the Bucks are just are on the same page. Uh, however, uh, like there's one spot where Kenny and the Young Bucks hit these Pescados on the heels and Paige doesn't move. He just stands on the apron still. Mm-hmm. Heels back in, things break down. That's when Hangman Page joins the fight. Uh, heels t- uh, clear the ring and then uh, Phoenix takes out the Elite with a huge senton off the top and uh, Page starts selling knee injury at that point. And that allows the, 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 the Rudos mm-hmm. to gain the advantage. Um, so towards the end... Uh, Page tags himself in. I believe Matt was a legal man. And he goes for a, a, a buckshot lariat, misses, uh, super kicks from the Young Bucks, uh, V trigger from Kenny. And then Page eventually does hit a Blade with buckshot. However, he is not the legal man. Butcher is. Um, so Page drops Butcher with a fallaway slam. He kips up. He sells his knee. He looks for the tag to Kenny. Kenny is pulled off the apron. Uh, Young Bucks are like, here, tag us in, tag us in. Page is like, nah, I'm good. Uh, he eats a sling blade from Penta. Lucha Brothers hits their finish for the win. And then as the pin is happening, we get to see Phoenix launch himself out of the ring with one of the best suicide dives in all of wrestling. I was very happy about that. So Elite loses. They all get in the ring. There's some bickering going back and forth. Page is like, I don't want to deal with this and leaves. Yeah. While the Young Bucks and Kenny are still kind of arguing amongst yeah. themselves. Now at that point, I'm like, yeah, Paige, you're kind of on your own in this one, man. You know how it's a tag match, tag guy. Do you want to win the match or not? So at this point, yeah, the Bucks, they have a good point. They do have a point. Stop being so damn surly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Kenny's like, you know, shaking hands and giving high fives around the ring, gets back in the ring. He has an interview now. And right as he's about to answer the first question from Tony Schiavone. Um, Kenny, Kenny, look at me now. And yeah. he's up there on the... He's on the Tron. Yeah. And he was like, Kenny, we're and supposed to. man, I just came from the spray tan place. Yeah. They went too much on the spray tan, Kenny. 
So uh, apparently they're supposed to have a contract signing backstage. It's like this. You, you ruined it, Kenny. Yeah. I'm here waiting for you. And Who knew about this? I, I didn't. I, they was not advertised. Wasn't advertised at all. And Riho is is hanging out there in the vicinity. Um, and then uh, he's like, uh, Pack was uh, saying, obviously you don't care about Michael Nakazawa. Yeah. After I you know put him through the ringer. So uh, maybe uh, maybe like, you'll care more about Riho. So he steps up to her in a threatening manner. Oh my goodness. And uh, Kenny's like, all right, all right, Pac, I'll give you what you want. We'll, we'll have the match. Okay. And then Pac's like, I, I'm, I wouldn't strike a woman. I may be Kenny, a bastard. I'm, a, I'm offended. You think I would strike a woman? I may be a, I'm I maybe a bastard. This is I'm doing I don't right know now, either. by the way. It doesn't I sound may be a like bastard, it. but I'm not a beast. Yeah. Cue Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. She lays out Riho, power bombs her onto that, table. That looked ugly. Not through it. That, was, that probably oof. really hurt. Because that... I mean, was that just not a gimmick table or something? Because it broke a little bit. Barely. <coughs> it didn't break through. It just, like, cracked a bunch. Yeah. Man, that looked ugly. That probably really hurt. Probably. So, yeah. So, said, in uh, three weeks, I believe, they said. Yeah, they listed off a whole Kenny smattering of schedule stack in a 30-minute Iron Man match. That's yeah. That's going to be a banger. That'll be a good one. Well, finally, I feel like this will be the first real opportunity we get to see Kenny in his, in his genuine element sure. going really long. Yeah. pacing out a really long match. Mm-hmm. You know, all, pretty much all of his great New Japan matches, or by and large, most of his great New Japan singles matches, all were at least 25, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. He knows how to build pace. I mean, granted, I've been reading Meltzer's commentary on Omega on Twitter of late, where he's been defending him up and down about how he's a genius at pacing matches. Man. Um, in the face of criticism from uh, people on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Pac's brilliant. Pac's brilliant. Kenny's brilliant. Uh, their match at a, a, a full gear was, was it full gear or was the one before that all out whatever when they had that match it, it was all out because full gear was the hardcore match wasn't it full gear was the hardcore match. so all out all yeah. out Kenny versus Pac was really good but I felt mm-hmm. like it was just a taste of what we can get from them yeah so I'm really excited to, to see this hopefully it's 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 the banger I anticipate it should be killer uh, next this is an interesting Darby Allen video package so he he had a blowtorch <laughs> And he took it to a cardboard cutout of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. He had some uh, villain music playing in the background, some old-timey uh, bad guy music. Yeah. The player piano. I feel like this would have been more effective if he just had a can of hairspray and a lighter. Okay, so you know you know what imagery? You haven't seen it, but it is a great moment in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh-huh. So Leo, Leo DiCaprio's character, he's an actor. Uh, he had like a hit series that he uh-huh. then decided to give up to try to do movies, and it didn't work out. But there's one scene, and it's a bit of foreshadowing for the end. I don't spoil the end. But there's one scene where it flashes back to him, and he's got a flamethrower for this scene that he's using. Mm-hmm. And he fires it up, and it's right. And then he says, oh, it's too hot. Can we do anything about the heat? And the guy says, no, it's fire. Okay. And it reminded me of this because I was just looking at Darby's face, and all, all over it is just, God damn it, this is so hot. Can we do anything about the heat? No, it's fire. It's fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then the old timey music. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know, whatever. Darby Allen's awesome. He is awesome. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, next, Kip Sabian versus Joey Janela. Uh, probably not their blow off match. It was fun, though. Uh, kicks off. Uh, 
Oh, there's a kickoff. I said I thought it meant kicks off, but about part way in the oh, match, they start kicking kickoff. each other. Yeah, where I believe uh, Kip kicked Joey in the back. Joey kind of no sold it. The most fascinating thing about this match was figuring out what was legit and what wasn't. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure they're both professionals. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but you would think that there might be a couple potatoes in here from guys who you know are basically. I forget what the terminology is when there's a guy who has a girl and then another guy swoops in and now he's got the girl. Uh, I'm sure there's some sort of crass expression for that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what the, you know, legitimately it's none of our business. It's personal stuff. Yeah. But you know, as a, as a student of the human condition, I'm, I'm always curious about that. You know, is there any actual bad blood? Are they are they friends? Are they going overboard trying to protect each other, trying to be the better person? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of dynamics there to, to, right? to figure out. Right. Anyways, this kickoff was fun. Yeah. Uh, Kip kicked Joey. Joey Nosel stood up, uh, uh, got Kip in a position to kick him. Mm-hmm. He did so, and then Joey sat down and was like, come on, kick me. And so Kip like rears back, about to kick him, puts him in a headlock. The initial no-sell I thought was really great because I'm like, oh, crap. Is this is that a shoot right there? Is he is he all of a sudden going to do something crazy here on live TV? Is he just going to stop working this match? Oh, like is it Bruiser Brody Lex no, Luger I situation? Read way too much into it. It was really well done. Though. It was really well that done. was the point. Yeah. It was like really well, it was done. well done. Um, and so Joey fights out of that drops Kip with some strikes. Uh, Kip tries to toss Joey from the ring. Instead, Joey drop kicks him. Uh, eventually, though, Kip eventually drop kicks Joey off the apron right into the ring steps, and then he distracts the ref while Penelope Ford. Rams Joey's head in head into the ring step. Oof. Kip has the advantage for a while. He goes for a springboard move. Joey avoids that. Sends Kip out of the ring. Follows with a suicide dive. But Joey gets distracted by Penelope, so Kip kicks him. Uh, goes up uh, to the ropes for a springboard. Joey catches him. And Kip must he did like a 450 jumping off the the ropes. Yeah, he did a lot of spins. Anyways, Joey catches him, drops him with a suplex ringside. Um, uh, back in the ring, Kip puts forth some offense. Joey just responds to DVD, goes for the pin, gets a two, and then Penelope Ford gets on the apron. Her and Kip start start making out, but Kip has like one eye looking yeah. at Joey. Joey charges towards him. He moves, so Joey knocks Penelope Ford off the apron. And, and I don't know if this was just her selling or what, but she grabbed at that ankle really quick, yeah. and then she did not put any weight on it for the rest of the time, like when they walked up yeah. to and then uh, Kip rolls him up with a handful of tights to get the W. Mm-hmm, yeah. Probably not the last we've seen of these two guys in the ring. No, no. He was, Janela was all over the ref saying. Handful of tights. Handful of tights. Had the tights. Handful of tights. Had my tights. Handful of tights. Anyways, after that, we had the inner circle backstage. Of course, Jericho being so blatantly hypocritical saying, who just stabs a guy in the eye? Yeah. Who just tries to take a guy's sight? Yep. And it's great because they have all sorts of like fake blood basically pouring out of uh, Santana's, Santana's eyeball. eyeball. Yeah. Uh, and it's all covered up with like an eye patch and, yeah, and a his bandage. Promo was, his promo was great because he grabs a mic from Jericho. He says, This has been the worst month of my life, but Mox, you just brought out the side of me I've never been brought out before. Uh, they're going to have a match next week and be an eye for an eye. Yeah, he was alluding to some stuff going on. I mean, maybe this is all just work. I don't know, like some personal stuff going on. It was a really effective promo. Yeah, it was really good. And it was, I really love how he got in like deep into the camera. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. So uh, they advertised next week uh, the match, an eye for an eye. Uh, I don't know what that means exactly, but uh, in terms of wrestling matches. 
you know, I should have an, a mixed tag match, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth match. Okay, sure. So it'll be uh, Santana and Britt Baker. Oh, I like it. And then Mox and, and then, then uh, Yuka Zakazaki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there you good. go. That's good. Really good. Uh, Coming next week on AEW Dark. I know. Things, things are getting very like Cronenberg-esque, aren't they? Teeth are falling out, excessive mm-hmm. blood, mm-hmm. eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, this is great. So uh, Paige is backstage with uh, uh, the Young Bucks, um, and then Nick says uh, to Hangman, "Hey, oh, oh, I'm sorry, not to cut you off." Huh? Ricardo Ortiz says Santana's dad passed away like two oh. weeks ago. That's so sad. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Nick says that if Paige keeps this act up, that he's gonna be losing those tag belts next week. Cause of course, next week they have a match against SCU. Mm-hmm. And Matt says, "I know what the problem is because Peg- Hangman Page, of course, has a beer. Yeah. Grabs the beer from him and walks off." And apparently Hangman Page in his tights or something had a pitcher. Yeah, because then he produces a pitcher of beer, beer and just sips from it. Sips from that. And it was outstanding. Uh, yeah, that was pretty goofy. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, then we get uh, the announcement about the 30-minute Ironman match three weeks from now. I think they announced, like, a ton of other stuff, too, at this yeah. point. Because it was just, like, card, card, there card. There was a tag title match. There's a... Oh, they're doing a tag team battle royal. Yeah. For a number one contender shot. Yeah. That's, and uh, then... the Bucks are going to win that. Probably. And then there was... Oh, Nyla Rose versus Rehost next week. Yes. The women's That's title. Right. That's right. That'll be interesting how they handle that mm-hmm. because, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know what they're doing with the women's division. Not I really either. don't. I mean, I the only thing they have that's really solid, I guess, is the Britt Baker stuff. <coughs> but I don't know. I feel like whoever is in charge of that needs some help or somebody needs to say, hey. So Kenny. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what it is backstage. I don't know. I'm Apparently, not going to say Tony Khan's been a little has been more hands on creatively. That's what we've heard. Also, yeah. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, Kenny's the problem. Kenny's this or whatever. No, I no, I wouldn't know. say I'm that either. There. But I mean, by my understanding, is like Kenny is 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 in charge. And of I'm sure it's probably difficult to say, hey, this isn't working. You know, number one, he's an EVP, and yeah. number two, he's everybody's friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's trying very hard. Uh, I'm just assuming that this is it's, it's his thing to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, but it ain't working. Mm-mm. So I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't know how you deal with that. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, you, yeah, he just needs to 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 bring some things into focus. And maybe now with the nightmare nightmare collective thing kind of out of the equation, um, they can do that. Mm-hmm. One could hope. Because I wonder if there's a situation where there was that. I'm sure Brandy was kind of spearheading that he felt like he had to integrate into what he was hoping to maybe do with Statlander and Riho and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and then apparently now with Britt turning heel, that's another ingredient. Um, so I wonder if there's almost a situation there might have been too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Uh, as mentioned, Dustin Promo talking about Cody having to take them lashes. Says uh, MJF, hey, Cody's a lot tougher than you think. Yeah. And then we get to it. Cody comes down the ring. Um uh, MJF comes down with Wardlow. Uh, MJF says, hey, Cody, take off your belt because I'm not going to use mine. It was too expensive mm-hmm. to beat you up. And then uh, M- uh, Cody turns his back. MJF comes behind him, snaps the belt. Cody jumps. MJF has a good laugh about that. Anyways, he, t- he takes his uh, first shot, uh, first lash. Cody sells it. MGF takes his coat off. Uh, the Butcher, the Blade, Kip Sabian, Sammy Guevara, and Britt Baker all walk out to the stage to kind of take it in in person. So somebody just left this comment on our NXT review. Huh. I was going to respond to this real quick. Somebody said, they do hair and makeup backstage at every event. Why wouldn't they have a barber there? That wasn't my point of view. My point of view was, 
Why was that random dude just getting a haircut? He wasn't going to be on TV. No, he wasn't. You would think that they would relegate that to people who are going to be on camera. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, after people take a, get a front row seat on the stage, check this all out, MGF hits the second shot. And after the third, Arn Anderson comes r- down to ringside. And I thought maybe for a second they were going to kind of pull a thing where he was going to do what MJF kind of did. Yeah. You know, like, hey, Cody, you don't have to do this. I can make the stop. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what it was. It was pretty much after a shot or two, someone had come down and kind of give Cody some encouragement yeah. to continue. Morale booster, yeah. Yeah. So Arn comes down. <coughs> he argues a bit with MJF. Uh, MJF the element Cody to quit after the fourth lash. Uh, after uh, shot number five, Dustin runs down. Um, he gets an MJF's face. And it's like, I'll take the last five. Yeah. Just leave him alone. And MJF says, no, it's not how it works. Now get out of my ring and watch along with everybody else. Dustin gives Cody a bit of a pep talk, and then he does that. So two more shots. We're up to seven now. Young Bucks come down. Um, MJF yelling at Cody again to quit. And at this point, MJF is done laughing it up. He's not, he's not happy about this anymore. He's like, well, crap, the end is in sight. I honestly, he honestly thought that was not going to play like out. Cody would not be able to handle more. Right, yeah. So Cody rolls out of the ring. Uh, the Young Bucks are like, you only have three more. Yeah. You only have three more. You can do it. So no, they're like this. You only have three more. Yeah, three, 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 three more. Yeah. <laughs> so Cody goes back in, uh, takes the eighth shot, collapses. Cody's, or MJF's yelling at him to stay down. Cody pulls himself back up. Um, MJF rears back for the night shot. Wardlow goes, hold on. I, I want to do this. So he takes I'll his coat it. off. He takes his belt. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. He got like a four-pace running start yeah. and didn't hold back at all. Oof, yeah. I wince. This is like the one that really got me to wince because that one looked like it hurt. Yeah, they all made me wince. They, they all look like they really hurt. <laughs> That one just because that 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 crack sound. Oh my god! Oh, just that one with Wardlow, man. Does a running start? He's huge, and the crack of that one. Oh, yeah, ugh. it's awful, terrible. So he Cody collapses. He tries to get up. He's hulking out on the ropes a little bit, and then he just collapses. Mm. And MJF, he's finally happy. He thinks Cody's had enough. He didn't think he can handle anymore. Out comes Brandy. Um, she's like, "You only have one more." Gives him a kiss, uh, and then Cody pulls himself up, turns to MJF, and MJF. Hits the final lash across Cody's chest. Yeah. I read somewhere that he did it on the dream tattoo. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Right across his chest. So as soon as that happens, the Young Bucks, Dustin, Brandy, they're all in the ring uh, to check out Cody, kind of help him up. Uh, MJF kicks Cody in the balls. And just bolts. Yeah, and he yeah. and Wardlow run that off through the crowd. I appreciate, too, that they never really broached, you know, because obviously one of the stipulations is Cody can't touch MJF, but we've seen the Young Bucks do that. Uh, and but they all everybody respected the situation and yeah. never thought to put hands on MJF yeah. Yeah. until MJF finally cro- broaches that one thing and kicks Cody in the balls and just runs. Yeah. Then everybody takes chase. Uh, MJF goes up into the crowd along with Wardlow, and I think they did this as a plant. But somebody somebody in the crowd tried to get at MJF, I saw that too. and then he was sort of like. Taken out by Wardlow and oh, yes. some security guards. Well, yeah, in the back. Like Wardlow drops some, some shots on him. Yeah, so I'm assuming that was a local competitor just to enhance the drama. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that. They did that when that dude threw the beer at MJF. That was they did a that plant. as well. Yeah, and that yeah that was a plant as well. So uh, so yeah, it was all it was all pretty good stuff there. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought maybe they they would kind of turn the segment on his ear a little bit, but no, they just went 
They just went for it. I don't think you need to do that, man. I think it's just, you know, you got that passion of the Christ type stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, I loved it. It was so like, I feel like if they would have done that, it just would have made it like, it would have lessened the impact, so to speak, you know? It's like, just take the lashes. Mm-hmm. You can, And it was long. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, about 15 It was minutes so segment, long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. great. Good stuff. Anyway, it's fun to AEW this week. Uh, let's take some questions, yeah? Yes, Mr. Lipkin with AEW supposedly giving a more sports-like presentation. Do you think them utilizing the special guest referee trope is out of the question? No, I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think that. I don't, I don't think that. <coughs> I don't consider AEW what AEW does is more of a sports-like mm-hmm. presentation. No, neither do I. I think that was speculated at the beginning, but I don't no. think that that's the case. Uh, the hung man, Adam Page, been really enjoying AEW. Sure, they ha- they have their misses, but they have a lot of hits at the moment. Great long-term stories going all around. Fun stuff. Brian Luckman, do you think AEW has too many men on their roster already with how we never see people like the Lucha Bros? Do you think they need to try and get more women in there? Uh, I don't think they have too many men on their roster. I do think they need to rotate them a little bit better, probably. Um, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't watch Dark, so I'm not sure what storylines develop on Dark. Yeah, I don't know either. So, I mean, I don't know. I do know you have the Lucha Brothers there, and I think there's probably a more effective way to rotate. You know, they have they have a lot of really great talent. I think there's a more effective way to rotate them, but I think it's all just a waiting game. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to figure that out as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, over on the Patreon, uh, Wolfpack for Life, in honor of Blompier returning, rebooked the beginning of AEW with the Elite winning more belts. Well, you gotta have the Young Bucks win that tournament. They need a mid card title. They mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy Havoc apparently was on Dark last night. He even he tweeted, "Hey, AEW, I'm back," mm-hmm. or "I'm here," or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think that like the feuds that I would have wanted to have seen. I think we have a good one right now with Janelle and, and Kip Sabian. Uh-huh. Um, Darby Allen, interesting to see where he's going to go with this flamethrower stuff. Yeah, is that going to be part of his character? Is he going to get a flamethrower on his skateboard? I hope. Oh, it's so hot. Um, could he propel himself with the flamethrower? Is there like force? Depends which way it's facing. If it's rear facing, he can't really utilize it as much as a weapon. If he's riding on a skateboard, if he's very clever, he can turn. Yeah, as he's going, there's potentially a lot of collateral damage involved in that. Though. You really don't want to do that. No, that was not a real suggestion. Uh, Mason in the dark says, "I just wanted to say that the Cody segment is a prime example of why wrestling in general needs audio descriptions. It's not always a match; it's also a TV show. As an audio only viewer, it just didn't connect with me." Because commentary was doing their best to show how uncomfortable and morally outrageous it was. If audio descriptions had been available to describe the horrified looks on audience's face or Cody's family's faces as well. As Cody's torn up flesh and his paint expressions, it would have been far more immersive rather than just a long drawn out segment that I got nothing out of. Um, I'd tweet that to Cody. Uh-huh. I know he's, he's interacted with Mason before. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve, I changed my name for you. Is it time Adam Page releases his own whiskey? What would he name it? Uh, he's got a hop on the trend. The Rock has tequila. Jericho has bubbly. McGregor has whiskey. Stone Cold has beer. Uh, it'd be called cowboy shit. Yeah, right. Cowboy shit. I think. Whiskey. I think he's. He seems to be like he. He has a lot of beer during the episodes. Yeah, I he think seems to be a beer man. He seems to be a beer guy. I'd probably do that. Although I think he, when he, when he was in private party bar, he poured himself a whiskey. Mm-hmm. I think. Andrew Jocelyn. 
You can read this one. You oh. got a kick out of this question. When will AEW de- debut a rabid anti- anti-dentite feud with Britt Baker? Appreciate the Seinfeld reference there. Yeah. Uh, Doc Hensla, since we all believe Jericho is losing to Mox, who do y'all believe Mox will feud with first? Pack, Kenny, someone we don't know yet. I think he'll probably have a couple feuds before Kenny. You think Kenny will be at full gear next year in November? It'll be one year since they fought last? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being the case. Give Mox a nine-month reign? Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so Double or Nothing is when Mox debuted. Who would be good for his one-year uh, debut title defense guy in May for Double or Nothing 2? By the way, StarCast never responded to my tweet. Well, some, they did respond to other people, and it was all like it was all pretty much, nah. No, really? Yeah. Like since yesterday? Yeah. Oh, no, what the heck? But it's almost, I don't know, the, the, the dismissiveness with it without anything, anything official. Makes me feel like they're they're pulling a Jericho here, mm, but I could be wrong. That's maybe. just speculation. That's that's <coughs> wishful thinking my part, probably. Um, oh yeah, look at that. Nah. Uh, so what? Contenders we pack. Can't be Cody. It's too early for MJF. Um, Hager. Yeah, maybe. Who else is there? I'd love to see like Pentagon Jr. go after it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Ray Phoenix. That'd be amazing. Luke Harper. Yeah, Luke Harper. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Uh, Tommy Cat. Best worst moment of AEW so far. Best for me is the transformation of Hangman Page. I did not like him, but they have made me a fan the last couple months. Least favorite so far has been Jim Ross. He makes it feel too WWE for me. I need Taz now. I'm really impressed with the start of 2020. They've really taken fan criticism very well and not afraid to change. Uh, best motivate. I think the best for me so far, I agree, has been the Hangman Page stuff. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been really good. I mean, it's just injected some personality into a mm. guy that I don't really, I didn't really connect with too much before. I always liked him, but. Yeah. I don't know. I, I uh, just appreciate it more now. Least fair probably is how much they I mean the commentary has not been great but at least Excalibur's there to kind of salvage things yeah I'm 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 not huge on their commentary but I'd say like how they how they booked the women's division so far has been a pretty I won't say huge disappointment but it's been disappointing yeah just need some focus I think James Fletcher how long will Jericho be in AEW <coughs> uh, either as a wrestler or a manager he signed a three year deal or five three year deal I know it wasn't a five-year deal. I thought it, it was only the EVPs. Two or three. EVP signed a five-year deal. Five-year deals. Yeah, I think Jericho signed a three-year deal. So he'd be in. Are we going to talk years. about that on News Brief today about his conversation with McMahon? How like he had said he mentioned this on his podcast. Apparently, McMahon said uh, he gave him a blessing. He said, "Yeah, go ahead and sign." And then after Jericho signed, McMahon said, "Hey, did you already sign yet?" And he's like, "Yeah." He was like, "Oh, why'd you do that? You shouldn't have signed." Jericho's like, "What are you talking about, man? You're crazy." It's like immediately was trying to get him back. That's crazy. Uh, Billy Gibson, the common thought is that Hangman Page will turn heel on the Elite, but given the Bucks' reaction last night, what are the odds of the Elite turning on Hangman Page? I mean, that's a good question in terms of what do you think the end game of all this is going to be? I mean, Page is getting over huge, and I think that's the idea of this whole story is to get Page over. I'm trying to think of an end game that doesn't necessarily require anybody to turn heel. 
I think be a turn on anybody. I think it's probably I think it's probably an amicable divorce because I think Via Paige, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. I think Paige maybe the goal is to get Paige to be truly a top super over babyface guy or tweener, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, ba- like, you know, they're stone cold. I hate making that comparison because then in our comments are going to be like, there's only one stone cold. Why does it have to be in? Why can't he just be the first segment? But my point is, you know, the beer comparison is, is, is an obvious parallel right yeah. there because everybody likes a guy to drink beer. But a guy who is an anti-hero kind of still is on the side of good. But does his own thing. But does his own thing and is not connected to a group that seems to be overshadowing his potential. Yes. And I think that might be the point here is get him to become his own guy, mm-hmm. but not have it be like the young bucks all of a sudden turn on him and start beating him up. Yeah, no super kick party. We don't need any of that stuff. How about this? I'll run this by you. So let's assume Mox has a title to full gear. Kenny wins it from him then. Um, right now they're laying the groundwork with Omega and Page to come around to Page challenging Kenny for that title. I don't know. All was it twenty twenty one all out or something like yeah, that? Yeah, right. And that's when Paige picks up the title. Yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable goal. I think you could totally get Paige like legitimately over to the point where people are like, man, this guy should have the world title because he's not really there mm. and he hasn't been there. But you, but you get the sense that he could be there. The path, he's on the path now. Yeah, right. He's on the path. So long as they they continue to do it right. Yeah. Uh, Dan Boss, who would you think will give XLAX their defining match in AEW and impact it with Lucha Bros? Should we see that again? Say yeah. The Revival. Once the Revival signs in AEW, imagine Revival versus XLAX. Say yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be good. I think Lucha Bros is another good example. Good, oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen that in yeah. Impact, and it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I want to see more Lucha Bros. Heck yes. Lucha Bros are great. I mean, I kind of wish they would just sort of ditch the idea of their tag team. I know. I, mean, I know they're Lucha Bros, but still, like, I just want Pentagon on his own. And I want, you know, like, put Ray Phoenix, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, Kip Sabian, uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc. That's a division for a mid-card title right there. Yeah. Or their version of, How like, the it, Larson Libre make title. It, make it uh, the hardcore-like title. Or, like, the X division. The hardcore guys from AEW. That's what the <laughs> yeah, division's called. The hardcore called. guys from AEW. There you go. Perfect. Good stuff. Let me see if there's anything more out here. Uh, Brian Luckman says, so my gimmick is Steve getting my name wrong. I guess I'll take it. I don't know what I'm getting wrong about your name. It's Ryan, not Brian. Uh, Joshua Martinez. Brian. Asked, are y'all going to double or nothing? If there's a star cast, then yes. Feels like we're going to go if there's a star cast. But if there's not a star cast, probably not. doesn't make sense business-wise. No, it wouldn't make any sense. And that's essentially us going on a vacation. Yeah, which we don't really need to be doing that. No. Uh, the hung man Adam Page and the spirit of the ten lashes Cody took. Here's a tongue twister. Say red leather, yellow leather, ten times fast. No, I'm not going to do that because I might say something like bad. <laughs> you never know how those things work, man. Yeah, I'm, I feel I'm, like that's a trick. You know, it's, it's a trick, right? A trick, especially now, I, I'm not feeling well. It's, it's not good. Idea. You know, I'm. Oh, we got one more from Vincent Millage. Vincent Millage. Uh, Vincent Millage. How do you see Paige getting the belt, if at all? He's my second favorite. Mox being my number one. Number one. Um, maybe, uh, like I mentioned earlier, this story with Kenny and Paige laying the groundwork for come back around for a uh, world title feud, just like they're kind of maybe will do with 
Moxon Kenny. I think my favorite moment from that this whole thing so far has been last week when Paige just got into the ring, hold my beer, gave him that great lariat of his, mm-hmm. grabbed the beer back. It was such a stone cold moment. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I really like that. I really love that clothesline. It's great. Oh yeah, buckshot lariat. Yeah, man. Joe Juarez asked, "What about the Barstow Del Taco?" We'll be back at some point, but without Starcast, it doesn't make sense for us business wise to make just the trip. Spending a ton of money. It's just spending a ton of money with no opportunity to make that money back. Yeah, we can't make it back on anything. I mean, I look theoretically, yes, we could do something like we'll release a shirt online and like do a fundraiser for Vegas. Yeah, using that shirt, but. I don't know. But that's, I, it's kind of one of those things, too, that if we're going to make plans, we've got to get accommodations and stuff. Well, it's to me like StarCast is it's one, it's a great way to make to 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 yeah finance the trip using the shirt at StarCast. But also like we had Friendo Fest there. You're shooting yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, there's not there's not a real point in going there uh, if we don't have like a community reason to go yeah, either. Exactly. Exactly. So again, it's like, like I said, it's just, we're just going on. Vacation. One of the only reasons we do mania ever again is to do WrestleCon. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, or if it's in LA, it's like LA, we just zoom down there. We both have people. We know we can, yeah, yeah. we can stay at their places. Yeah, totally. That's, that would be a relatively cheap trip. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Jocelyn has one more question here on the Patreon. If uh, Vince ever leaves or worse, do you see a possibility of WB working with AEW occasionally while still being competitors? Wrestling seems to be declining more and more in the mainstream. I would say never say never. Yeah, I'd be pessimistic, but you never know. Um, but I here's a yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. The one thing, the one bridge, and and we've seen hints of this, and Xavier Woods brought up on, on one of the more recent New Day podcasts, is if if you know Vince stepped down, whatever, he's not in power anymore. Triple H is in charge. If someone like, say, Xavier Woods can get in Triple H's ear and really tell him, this is, let's set aside all this stuff, all this, you know, brand warfare stuff. Here's what having New Day versus the Elite can do for all of us. Even to say, this is what New Day versus Elite can do for WWE. Yeah. And really pitch it to him. Because that's, that's a bridge that's there, yeah. you know? Yeah. That Xavier Woods, even on that podcast, he's like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I want my match against the Elite. I think it would boil down to this. What are the strongest lessons Triple H has learned from Vince McMahon? If one of those lessons, because you know the man has learned a lot from Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. If one of those lessons is treat your competitors like they don't exist, like they're too small to deal with, Mm -hmm. like giving them any attention is a bad move. If that's something that that he took to heart from Vince, I don't think any convincing would get it done. Um so I don't know. I, it depends on, on what Triple H holds dear in terms of that stuff. I don't there's know. Another, there's another potential bridge, more the direct one. Not that they're going to have a match, but Adam Cole, mm-hmm. Britt Baker. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Triple H and Billy Gunn. <laughs> oh, that too. I mean, there's a lot of connections there that people can have conversations. Company. I know. Well, that, that was, was rude. That was so it, rude. He was making a joke. Oh, man, he said that with, with some, a lot of conviction. Should have called it a T-shirt company. That, that's an even. That's that's more stinging. Um, you think Adam Cole, Britt Baker could, uh, could get the job done? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I think we're both pessimistic on it. But it'd yeah. be great if it happened. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Probably take. I'll say this. You know, probably take. If Vince was gone, if Triple H was able to get WWE's ratings to a like 
dominant position. Like I'm talking, what are they? What are they like two and a half million at, at a, on a good week now? Yeah. If he can get it back up to like four million on the regular, which I don't even know is possible anymore, you would think with like if they were able to establish superstars the way they were they used to establish superstars, yeah, they might be able to do that. Um, if WWE had such a dominance, but like they do have problems right now. Like WWE, everything's not great. What's, yeah. what's their stock at right now? Oh, it was in it the was, 40s. It, it fell to 40 today. Yeah, this morning before, one the, uh, before the, the financial call. Well, Vince was trying to say, oh, everything's great. It's at 44.50 right now. Yeah. So it jumped back up after the 40 up to almost 47. Now it's kind of settled back down. If, they, if they're able to, and I know they're a dominant company. They have tons of cash. Mm-hmm. We've got some good deals. But you always get the point. You get the idea. They're not entirely future-proof. They obviously have some questions as to how they want to even approach their pay-per-view stuff. Yeah. Their network stuff. Yeah, we'll get to that more in the uh, For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they became the Disney, like truly the Disney of wrestling, where there isn't even a question. Yeah. There isn't even a question. I mean, dude, what happens if a year from now, AEW gets up to $2 million and WWE sinks down to $2 million? That'd be, a, that'd be a tie. Th- things are going to be... <laughs> that is correct. Things would get kind of weird at that point, right? Yeah. Things might get a little weird then. Yeah. Things I don't might know. get a little chippy. I don't know. Um, if, on the other hand, at that point, there's no way we'd see cross-collaboration. Not a chance. If, however, WWE had nothing to lose and they had cool points to gain, I think they, they'd probably maybe, maybe consider it. Maybe. I think that's a better mm-hmm. position than being a tie with your freaking competitor. Yeah, probably. In the ratings, anyways. Yeah. So. Wow, WB stock within the last 52 weeks was $100. It's more than half that now. I know. I know. 55% drop there. Yeah. Ouch. I mean, I don't know. They're the Disney wrestling. They might be able to just, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll have a news brief for you later in the day. Patrons and YouTube channel members of $5 and up and more a month. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have uh, Who Won Wednesday yeah. coming up for you in just a few moments. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. 
we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.